Duppy Media is a Taunton web development business guaranteed to bring your web projects to life. From one-page sites to full e-commerce enabled web builds, Duppy Media can give your company the edge you know it deserves. Call Mark at Duppy Media for e-commerce web hosting, new builds and website additions. You will find Mark's personalised and tailored service the perfect partner for injecting some sparkle into your company's website and at a very competitive price. Visit www.duppymedia.co.uk for more information. Hello and welcome to Straight From The Hot Tap. In this very special eighth episode, we are joined by some old straight out of Taunton friends, Sarah and Laura. We discuss 90s life in Taunton and generally reminisce. Johnny airs his grievance about a career-limiting workplace prank. Josh and I remember our letters to each other. And Matt doesn't care about Meghan and Harry. But then he also sort of does. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoy this episode, please like, share, subscribe and follow on social media. If not, well then go tell Oprah all about it. I'm Matt. I'm Johnny. I am Josh. And I'm Matt. And this is Straight 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 from the Hot Set. Do you guys listen to the bit about um, Matt's uh, rodent problem? Yeah. So I thought thought we'd try and drum up some business for, for Danielle. Anyway, here we go. Is there a mouse loose about your house? For all your rodents and pest control needs, call Danielle. Hi, I'm Danielle. I will end your mice. <laughs> Danielle's fast and efficient rodent ending service will turn rodent Mageddon into pest free heaven. Call 213 200 mouse for a quote. There are plenty more where that came from. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> You know what, dude? I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to send that to him. Will you please send me a coffee? Yeah. Oh, that's actually really good. That's great. That's, that, that is brilliant. Well done. So this is a, this is all a bit a bit weird, is it? When was the last time we saw each other? It was at that random it was, dinner, wasn't it? It in was London. the dinner. It was. That was the bloody last time, hell. which is bloody ages ago. Bloody you guys. ages ago. What All I remember from that, from that I, night I was, was I, I obviously wasn't in fucking invited. Matt, Matt you you were invited. You, you as, just, an, as an OT, you were, you were invited by yeah. extension. By you, you just chose not to to make the you know forty eight hour round trip for <laughs> sorry for, for, for some boiling a bag veg and a, and a bit of dried out beef. But you know, we yeah. toasted you. Yeah. Yeah. But hang on, I did win the bottle of champagne, which FYI we've you still did. got. And it's, still, no. it's still on my shelf. Yeah. I know that we... the plan was to drink it together. So yes. this is <laughs> Because Laura, you, you were working at when you were working at some sort of swanky health club at that point. Yes, where, I like was. a golf course and yes. you're gonna get us down for for a round of golf and then got probably got sacked or something for poor performance and <laughs> Well obviously, I mean that's what I do normally is poor performance. <laughs> What's the latest on the, you know, the, the garbage truck killer? Well, um, so, <laughs> so as far as I'm aware, the garbage truck killer is still at large. Wow. Um, we've had basically, we have this new, we have this new app here um, called Citizen. I don't know if you have that. Is it a dating app? <laughs> is it like Grindr? It's a, it's a, it's, it's kind of like it, it's a security app. It's a security app. Oh, so it, it gives you constant updates about the crime in your area. 
and oh, uh, we actually wow. did have an update that there's basically a federal investigation after him and what they believe is that he's at large in los angeles county and that's a big county with 17 it's a big million old place isn't it? it it's 17 Jesus. million people so i i don't know what that means but has there um, been a knock on your door well <laughs> I do. I've had two things happen recently. Uh, first of all, people do street racing on my street. So if you've seen Fast and the Furious, yeah, you know what that you know what that is. And what yeah, they do yeah. is on Sunday nights, they basically drive these customized cars up and down my street, and they wait for the police to come and chase them. So so that that happens every Sunday night. So people watch them race, and they, and they go at like 120 miles an hour or whatever. And there was, thanks to the app, I was warned that there was a, a gun battle in process two blocks oh away. God. Although we then discovered nine minutes later that, uh, although uh, th this one user posted saying, getting the kids into the panic room right now, <laughs> loading up, yeah, loading up, breaking out the home defense, spelled D-F-E-N-S, oh right? God. And then there was an update right afterwards going, uh, 911 reports uh, that it's fireworks. So we were all like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Everyone out of the panic room. Yeah. <laughs> panic room's not necessary. It's okay. We'll yeah, be it's all right. It's just fireworks. We'll right. so. Wowzers. Anyway, be, but no, we haven't had any. Intense. All we know is the garbage truck killer is at large in the county. So, right. <sighs> What's his, what's his um, choice of victim then, typically? Well, his MO is. Uh, uh, elderly single women living in in the South Central area. God, I'm You've glad got no I'm not chance there. In that. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's that's got me he, written all over it. <laughs> yeah, we should get past forty. Yeah, yeah. yeah what technically, he does, a spinster now. Yeah, he, he he strangles the victim <laughs> and he puts them in a garbage truck. Hence his moniker. Okay, okay. Actually, in the truck itself no, or in I'm the not... bin? No, he puts Sh them in, in the, the driver's truck. seat. Yeah, he's straight. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's my yeah. carb <laughs> do you tie him to the do you tie him to the front like like they do with those little bears they find you know you get zip, like, kind of zip ties and just strap him to the front yeah, of the I back I don't know of the exact um, his exact MO you'll have to talk to a detective but but it's he's definitely a large there's rumoured to be around 10 different serial killers at, at large at the moment but he's the only one that's that's sort of known you know at least that's lovely I'm, that's really lovely yeah so you know I'm sure you know, that said, I I'm sure there's a serial killer operating in Taunton. There's probably one right outside my window now. I wouldn't be surprised. I live in a you know, pretty dodgy estate near me. There's serial killers are everywhere, you know. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I only have to look at some of the people I work with, frankly, and I, and I think, <laughs> mm, yeah. You the story, like the stories killer. you tell me, Pills, I'm not surprised. Some of those <laughs> I, one killers. day I will write a book. When I've left, I'll write a book on it. Because <laughs> you're an HR sir, aren't you? I am for my sins, yeah. So, yeah. so what's the craziest H star, HR oh, story oh, that you can, you can say publicly? There must be some good ones. How long this podcast? <laughs> Get yeah. comfy. Get comfy. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. My favourite one ever was before... I worked at the place where I work now. So I used to work at a place called Yo Valley. And, um, oh, yeah. They make yogurts, don't they? Yeah, the yogurts and the ice creams, lush. And um, I was asked to go down to the Newton Abbott site to go and help out with an investigation <laughs> with my colleague. And she said, I'll explain everything when I get there because you'll just drive off the road laughing. So I was like, all right, okay. So she said, basically, we've got these two guys. They don't get on and they don't want to have the break times together. But unfortunately, 
it's kind of tough. They're breakers when they're breakers. So I'm in this, I'm in this like in, in investigation and I say to the guy, so explain to me exactly what's happened. And this guy, you know, they're, um, I think he might have been Polish and the other guy was Latvian. And um, so when they get, when they get excitable, their English goes slightly off, off a little bit. And this guy went, well, um, he walked past me and he put two fingers up me. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> he, put, he he put two fingers up you he's like yeah and so I went that that must have hurt and he went no 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 not like that you know he stuck two fingers up at me so I was like <laughs> all right okay and then I said so what else is it about what else do you bring into this grievance and he said um he touched my biscuits no yeah he touched my biscuits and I looked at my colleague Florence and I was like you have called me down here to deal with someone about biscuits and sticking fingers up each other. <laughs> Not a euphemism. Yeah, they both sound like euphemisms. Well, one of them just sounds... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, so that that was one of my favourites. And I've got loads from my workplace right it's now. The story but of probably... chocolate fingers and hobnobs. Yeah, I, I, I won't mention... <laughs> I won't mention anything from my now workplace. Hopefully not some ginger nuts. <laughs> ginger nuts are banned, Beatty. Sorry, yeah, but they infect right, the right. whole tin. You've got to have a separate nice. tin. It's not difficult. Yeah, you've got to have a separate yeah. tin. We have a separate one at work. We have a separate ginger nut tin. Biscuit apartheid. Actually, Matt G, yeah. you could clarify something for me. So I was yeah. doing interviews this afternoon yeah. for, a, for a brand ambassador role that we've got. And oh, wow. um, the brand is actually in America. So okay. we had... We had the Americans on, this very nice lady, yeah. and I was freezing cold, so I was in a woolly jumper, and, and I said to her, I'm really sorry, but it must be like 25 degrees where you are, and I'm sat here in a woolly jumper, and she laughed, she said, do you know in America, woolly jumper means onesie? And I was like, oh my God, I can assure you, I'm not sat here in a onesie Wow. <laughs> for these interviews, so I wanted to just clear up, is a woolly jumper a onesie. I've in, never, in the thing is, I've never heard of that. I mean, to me, like here, a jumper is something that you restart a car with. That's what yeah. I'm right? <laughs> Jumper cable. Yeah. Matt, you're such a motorist these days. Um, I mean, you know. The truth is, like, I am halfway to actually driving now. That's Matt, I was going to say, you oh, driving yeah. because I thought I was the last one out of all no. of us. No. So I'm halfway to driving. I, oh, I, I, I basically, I need brilliant. to take my written test. Okay. Um, but um, I've had a I've had an aggressive series of driving lessons recently, <laughs> so I'm nearly there. I mean, it's quite an, it's an oddity um, because I live in a place where the uh, uh, established wisdom is that you have to drive. So yeah, yeah. They, they do say that about LA. You can't really get yeah. Around they say that. that it's not really true, but they say that you've managed so far. I, I've been <laughs> okay, and month. I've lived there for nearly twenty years. So yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's really so funny. Good yeah so guys so guys this is so funny that we're all talking on i i I really can't believe it because it's been kind of an experience since we started doing this because Mm, it's really like reopened a whole like thing one of the nicest things that ever happened in the last few years was i i had a drink with laurie trad oh he's such a lovely and we went to we went to this lovely pub in somerset called the greyhound Yes, which yeah, I know unfortunately it, yeah. I can tell you has been utterly destroyed by the new owners mm. who've oh. turned it into what I can only describe as a plebeian dining room. <laughs> and it's now it's Wait, now, where's this man? It's now an unrecognizable I mean, I literally feel like I mean, I feel like the desecration that took place to a beautiful country pub is 
some more than I could ever. I, I was so angry. I wrote a TripAdvisor review. Which oh wow, <laughs> which, which they uh, uh, the Greyhound, Josh. We've been there several. Oh, times. I know the Greyhound. It's safe of its pain. Yeah, it has been yeah. utterly destroyed. Oh mm. no. Yeah, we should not visit there. Well, what you can do, if you like, is go on to TripAdvisor, read my review of it, and look at the response. It's happening now. Actually, it's funny. I'm actually on TripAdvisor now. It's one star, totally embarrassed, water pint and food for me and a Coke for my daughter. Was then totally embarrassed by a squad of staff tell me off for drinking without food because I let my pregnant daughter have the food and just share little with her. I'm a gastric bypass patient, so never order and eat a whole meal. Totally mm. unacceptable. <laughs> I was completely embarrassed and won't go back again. Oh, was told to buy wow. food in the future and eat it. <laughs> eat. Okay. eat it. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Thought we'd like just have a little, um, try to keep a little bit of structure to this. Otherwise, um, my job of editing becomes an absolute nightmare. So what I think about, yeah. So much as you guys seem to find this whole thing very funny, for, for me, it's, uh, <laughs> it's pretty stressful. Trying to trying to keep order, but 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 obviously Sarah and, and um and Laura, you've you know similar to us, we you know we brought up in Taunton, mm. moved away. Sarah, you're still in the area, and so on. Mm-hmm. Looking back on those days of the town itself, what's what sticks out in your memory? What are the things that you think you, you think of fondly? Um, I would say we spent a large amount of our time pretending to revise in Vivery Park um, <laughs> for, for GCSEs um, and A levels and getting stuck in swings. Um, and of course, Laura and I were boarders, so it, I, I always say fondly, it really was a case of survival of the fittest um, as a boarder, because obviously we couldn't go home um, when, you know, if we if we wanted to, only at holiday time. So I would say we made we made the most of it. I reckon. <laughs> we oh, did, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, we made the most of it. And I just like to clarify, Della's will always be Della's, not Ococos, and Mambo will always be Miller's. The last time we went in there, we felt very old. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, oh and I think god, Jesus, we, we got, got through old. that. We got through that, didn't we, by just getting absolutely shedded. Well, I was it excited was... for buying a round and getting money back from from a twenty. I was pretty excited <laughs> by that. Um, I was like, but, we, but but that's all the drinks, and you're giving me a ten pound note and change. Oh, that's yeah, great. I'll have more of those, please. Um, that was lovely, but we did feel very very ancient. God, did you yeah. put your cardigans in the cloak room when you went in? Um, we we did actually have coats. <laughs> I wouldn't say cardigans, but we had coats, and that's how we knew we were um, really old. And then when a troop of girls came in wearing next to nothing, I think we actually sat there and went, "God, aren't they cold?" <laughs> I was like, "Oh no, how times have changed." Yeah. You know, you're getting old when you do that. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty bad. So you've been you've been back to Taunton recently, haven't you? What was yeah? What was the experience like for you? Um, so I've been back and forth. I like move away from Taunton, come back, move away from Taunton, come back. So I've been back for a fair bit now, even though I live um, in one of the villages. It's a shame. I'd say Taunton is losing its appeal a little bit. Yeah. If you want a coffee or your hair done, um, you will find multiple charity shops, coffee places, hairdressers. Um, there isn't much kind of if you're looking for boutique stuff there isn't that and then obviously the biggest crash is Debenhams has closed so major well, we've trauma. reported on this yeah we've yeah. reported on this in yeah. previous yeah. podcasts yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Ma- major trauma Serious in Taunton yeah. yeah actually there's there's a thing at the minute isn't there about how to how to actually re redevelop the Debenhams site yes 
what would you do with it then if you if you could if you had if you had a load of money what would you do to the debenhams site can i just first of all kind of ask can i ask a question does does this question date me um i remember going to debenhams and playing um on the um Sonic the Hedgehog that they had uh, when they were trying to sell the Sega Mega Drive. Is that like... What, circa 1987? That's exactly what I thought when, when I saw the headline that they closing it down. That I'd cycle into town just to play on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, those are really cool. You know, Biddies yeah. is still there, so is it? You know, no yeah, way! Yeah. I'm so yeah, glad. Seriously. Is it still called Biddies? It's still called Biddies, and the That's lady awesome, called Biddy still runs and owns it, and the seats are still that um, very iridescent orange. Can you still smoke in there? Brilliant. No, no, you can't. <laughs> Can you put <laughs> no, probably, sniff glue? They yes. probably could actually. Yes. Yeah, to be fair, anything goes there. I, I think so. And smoke uh, crack, but not a fag. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. So maybe that's a good idea for redevelopment of Debenham, said Johnny. You could have like a retro gaming room. Just like I think so. hollow it out and put Sonic the Hedgehog and you know, I don't know, mm. Pac-Man and all those old games next to each other. I think it should be the Debenham's Wharf nightclub though, really. Because no, it's a sort of competitor, a competitor to, oh to Dellas to real make a competitive marketplace for nightclubs in Taunton. Make it sort of Ibiza of the Southwest. <laughs> Hey, look, don't laugh. We've had some stars in Dellas, Katie Price, um, Five Star, Peter Andre, yeah. <laughs> to name a few. Wow. Were they there together at the same night? No, yeah. no, different nights, I believe, yeah. Don't yeah. say I Obviously, believe, you were there. You were I, yeah, to be fair, I, I was there. I was at the front of the queue paying my £10 to get in. <laughs> £10? £10? Bargain. There you go. So, so the, the nightclub at, at, at Dublin's could be £9? Yeah. Or five quid. Yeah, it's hoover up all the competition. Yeah, yeah. And then they could have student nights yeah. and things like that. Be... Well, maybe you could have an over-40s night. That'd be quite cool, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, that, that's more like it, yeah. Yeah, definitely. You have to turn the heating up so you're nice and warm. Yeah, yeah. Butlins and Minehead caters for that with their 80s and 90s weekends. Oh, my God. <laughs> Three cups of teas and custard creams. Yeah, <laughs> and bourbons. Here's an interesting question on the subject of nostalgia. Then what's you know, Laura? What's your your lasting memory of of one of us? Then thinking back all that all those times, there must be one oh, that sticks in your mind. Oh my goodness! What a question. Well, okay, here's something quite funny. So I recently watched the film Tag. Mm. It's a little bit behind, and I was watching it one night. I had a few wines, you know, and I thought I need something to cheer myself up. Lockdown shit. So my friend said, "Watch this film." So I thought, okay. So I started watching it. I sent Sarah a voice note of me practically hyperventilating at one of the scenes because it's the one and only argument Sarah and I have ever had. And it was sort of sort of reenacted in this film. And then during this film, all I could think of, and Sarah agreed with me when she watched it shortly afterwards, was, oh, my God, that is Josh, that is Beatty. It's Matt, that's Johnny. Johnny. Literally, I was like, I can absolutely see all of you Playing really? those roles. seriously, I was. What I was were they doing like, though? The movie. So they, they, it's a real story about these people that, that that were playing tag into you know as adults. They started at school and then they take one month every year where they literally you know go across the country and like dress up and <laughs> turn up at the each other's work works and things like this. And it was just it was it was just the stupidity yeah. of it. And I was like, that I, sounds awesome. I could literally see literally you guys doing that. You're doing something funny actually on that on that note because I I have this weird like tick thing that I can't sit with my back to a restaurant. 
or back to a room. I just can't mm. do it. I get really, I find it really uncomfortable, and I'm constantly looking over my shoulder. And that is all because of Josh. That's from spending seven years of my life wondering yeah. when he's going to pop up next and punch me. Well, that's it. And that's what this film's like. And that's what made me laugh so much. And for me, it brought back so many funny memories of, I mean, you know, dare I say, dicking about school. <laughs> mm. yeah. Stupid games of which if you say to somebody now who's 15, they think you're absolutely stark raving lunatic. Mm. And, but it was things like, and I think I saw something recently about making the base or something on someone's Making phone. the base, yeah. And I literally, and it just <laughs> makes me laugh because it Brilliant. just reminds me of just such yeah. larks. So funny. Just larks. That's because you've never been made the base of. Oh, I have. No. <laughs> <laughs> if you laugh when you've been made the base, then then you can't <laughs> they're not doing it right. You can't breathe properly. Yeah, you, 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 the pile wasn't big enough if you can still breathe after <laughs> making the base. What what is yeah. making the base? It's 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 um it's a it's it's nowadays it's a chat up line. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, if you buy me another drink i'll let you make me the base <laughs> make sure you swipe yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Right yeah. or whatever it's it is right. <laughs> pretending she doesn't know that it's not a covid friendly activity that you know, it's not well, no, right. it's definitely but you not. can explain it to me there was that yeah. epic there was that epic Base making in the Govey. Yeah, yes. like, that's what I remember. One ever. That was absolutely oh. epic. And there must have been about maybe all of the sick form. So yeah. Maybe at 40 and how people, people didn't break ribs or dislocate hips is beyond me. But we'll try it next time we see each other. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'll start training. <laughs> definitely build up that core. Yeah, definitely. One of the slightly unusual things about being in an independent school. Uh, particularly in the southwest, is that uh, the combined cadet force, or the CCF as we used to call it, is a big part of school life. Uh, the CCF is essentially dressing up as a soldier or an airman or a sailor and uh, parading around the school, um, sometimes even with guns. But this provided even more opportunities for dicking around. I just remember this one day, right, where we had to parade on the front lawn and I think it was the CCF like special day or something, something crazy like that. This helicopter comes over the over the roofs of Staple Grove. It comes into land on the playing field, and this guy gets out like frigging, you know, General Douglas MacArthur arriving at Incheon or whatever. We're all standing there, you know, to attention, and he starts speaking, and he goes, "Boys, do you want your school to be taken over by communists?" <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I remember thinking, like, if 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 they're any, yeah, if they're anything like you, then yeah, maybe not. Actually, actually, Laura, Josh, you might remember this. I I got serious bollocking for it, but we we were when we were sort of corporals, or whatever, and we were it, it had a bit of seniority. We we took the 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 latest the, the latest fresh meat cadets um, on a on on a, on a on a kind of march around the school and. Um, we got them all to salute the gardener. Do you remember this? Oh, yeah, yeah, so, wasn't it you and me though? Yeah. Brown, it? We yeah. just yeah, we, we, we yeah, we halted this like this this motley motley bunch of cadets, got them to about turn and like, really theatrically salute the gardener who, who kind of stopped planting begonias and turned around and gave us a sort of 
Totok of the Forelock. But uh, little did I know this was being witnessed by Mr. Abel, who was sat in the staff <laughs> common room having a coffee, who who tore about eight different strips of off me for uh, yeah for for insulting that, the, the the help. That's pretty, that's pretty humorous of him, though, isn't it? I, know, I thought yeah. so. I thought it was pretty funny. One of my absolute favourite stories, which I still recount now, is the day, Josh, you weren't allowed to go flying because you missed the bus. <laughs> but, I remember you telling me about that. Uh, yeah. It's a wonderful so, object I, to that, isn't it? Yeah, well, the, the thing is, though, we were told to be on the bus for a certain time, and it was something like 3.30 or something. But I was standing next to the you bus. You were standing next to the bus, but you weren't in the bus. <laughs> and Mr. <laughs> Brindley closed the doors, and you weren't allowed in, even though you were there, but you weren't in the bus at 3.30. <laughs> I remember him driving out of the school, you know, over these massive speed humps, which you had to go at like three mile an hour anyway. And you were literally trotting alongside the bus going, and to this day, it still makes me laugh. Oh my God. I thought Mr. Brindley though. I mean, I suppose, I suppose the, the last laugh is on, on him. Don't you think that our reality was so different back then for one simple reason, which was that there was no social media. Oh, yeah, God, it was yeah. amazing, amazing. Seriously, I didn't change that at all. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like I remember actually like writing letters to people, like dear, yeah, da da da. I, I remember Josh writing letters to me. Yeah, some some of which caused a bit of grief. We used to write to keep, keep in touch over summer holidays because Matt would be in the Isle of Wight normally, and I'd be you know in Somerset, and. Um, but there was one time that, that my, my parents decided to rent this place. I think it was in Cornwall for, for like a good two or three weeks. So Matt was like, oh, well, what's your address? I'll write to you. So I was like, oh, it's good. Uh, so I got the address off my parents of this place that they rented. Anyway, the long story short is that when we got to this place, it was it was literally not, nothing like the description, et cetera. And we actually, my parents like ditched it and went somewhere else. But anyway... Because we weren't there, this letter arrived, and obviously the person had the person the owner had no idea like who's this addressed to, but it's definitely to this address. So they made the, the, the big mistake of opening the letter, <laughs> and it was Matt, and it was Matt, just literally just some sort of letter filled with horrendous innuendos and cutouts from porn mags, and. Uh, you know, some sort of prick sticked kind of p- images he had cut out from porn mags and stuff. And then I remember this woman contacting my mum, like saying, What, how horrified she was. <laughs> <laughs> and I think my mum found it really funny. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, because yeah, you wrote one, a similar one to me, Josh, in a similar vein. And, um, yeah, and I came downstairs and I found, and I, and I found my mum reading it. <laughs> and, and she. <laughs> I don't know what I think I'd left it lying around and she picked it up and read it. And I said, I remember saying to her, Mum, don't read that. And she just turned around to me and said, I, I, I think there's something wrong with Josh. I, I know this will probably be edited out, but your mum made one of the great comments as well, though, Matt, because there was once when we, because this was probably at school, but. You know, there was this whole thing where you would draw a picture of each other's mums naked. I did that to Matt's file or something. And instead of putting the nipples in, in, the, in the middle, I put the bottom of the, the boobs sort of thing. And I remember your, your mum said to you, Matt, she, she saw this, she, oh she sort of she found this image. She was like, please tell Josh my nipples are in the middle or something. <laughs> she did. Oh, my God. She said. Bloody hell. <laughs> Oh, Jimmy!
This is News Reviews. Oh, thank you, because actually, I think that jingle befits my narcissist test a little bit better than the last one. Thank you. So, Lou, uh, reviews this week. There's been a, been a few, been a few interesting ones actually. I saw. Well, we have actually had some legit reviews, which is <laughs> like a little bit. Whoa. <laughs> okay. And the, they're actually um, really on topic. That should be a prerequisite for any guests on the show. The first one is um, says it's it's not straight. There's no tap. It's definitely not hot. But I've subscribed. It's so bad that it's good. Yeah. Lads, it's like a Goodland pylon. Strangely satisfying. Yeah. And that's from Kristen Whitty. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Glad you're listening. Yeah, that, although I don't, although there's been some um, discussions whether you ever actually made the base today, um, and I'd quite like to see you wrestling Rob Ingleby. I think that'd be a good spectator sport. So the next review says, "I tuned in after seeing their post shared to the old Tauntonians alumni site. In amongst all of the tomfoolery, there were two very familiar voices. I seem to remember asking Matt and Josh." Uh, when they thought they might grow up around 1996. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> judging <laughs> by the podcast, it is glaringly apparent that my words fell on deaf ears. <laughs> they still clearly haven't grown up and probably never will. And that's from um, Harry McFall. That is not oh true. My Everything in that is true, except for the actual fact it came from him. I hope. But if you're if you're a regular listener, Mister McFall, um, yes, that is you did say that. And how are you? <laughs> a very short um, review in reply to the review um, is thanks for my shout out, guys. Be be on guard for vengeful wildlife conservationists. Yeah. And um, that's that's. Probably from Christian Beatty. So Christian, Sarah, Lord, he, he's my twelve-year-old son. He's a big podcast fan, and he he did he did the narcissist test as well. And, oh God! Right. So so it was it was out of forty. So so Matt, you remind me that anything over nineteen is you need medical help, basically. I don't know. Basically, twenty to thirty, you have a serious problem. Thirty beyond, I mean. You should already be inside. So, so, so Christian scored thirty-one. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> You're doing a great job, Matt. No, we've just got one more. Good morning, long-time listeners of the show. Here, um, I want to thank you for breaking up my weekly routine with general yeah, madness yeah. that questions my own sanity, but in a healthy way. Yeah, nice. excellent. That's nice. Very nice. What's that the name nice. on that one? I don't know. It was just a mixture of letters <coughs> I couldn't make out. Actually, we're approaching 300 listeners now, which is pretty crazy. This is, yeah, this has risen very, very rapidly. Yeah, we are, we are at 2268, two, I think, actually now. So, yeah, right. it's pretty good. So, not bad at all. Thank you, Lou. Oh, you're welcome. This is the point where we, 
where we talk where we go to, to reflect on, on Taunton Taunton matters and what's going on there. So so Josh, I've um, been doing a bit of work on your jingle as well. So so, so here it is. Let's have it. Introducing the legend behind the advert, Thomas Land. The inspiration for the hit show Archer, son of Frank Drebin and a man whose hair is so good, it makes Vidal Sassoon weep. This is Josh with Tools and Matters. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> love it. I do love it. Thanks, thanks Matt. Actually, that, that's, that's the joke one. Straight out of the mean streets of SW8, Superman's best friend, Dan Carter's life coach and the man they call the face of Specsavers. The wire-avoiding, international man of mystery, Josh. <laughs> this is Taunton Matters. There we go. <laughs> I like both, Matt. I like both. Can you maybe do like a sort of remix of both of them? Sort of. No, I yeah. thank thanks, Matt. I appreciate it. No worries. So, Taunton Matters. You know, there's there's a bit of good stuff going on this week. <clears throat> I mean, you know, we had last week we had someone asking for an A4 size passport photo. <laughs> Well, this week, this week we've got some, we've got someone, we've got someone along the same lines asking for an equally sort of unreasonable thing. It's Lizzie Fisher. Hi, Lizzie. Does anybody know where you can get six passport photos done? Looking, looking for like a photo booth that does six. The Morrison's one only does five. Um, <laughs> so I'm not sure. Has anyone used it before? Um, so she's looking. This, this is a very specific request um, for a photo booth that does like six instead of like five. Um, so you know, so if anyone knows, please get in touch. So Sarah, you, you're the Taunton expert. You must have had six passport photos done. Yeah, I was lazy. Yeah. I went to Timpsons and got it done. Oh, there you go, Timpsons. Yeah, yeah. You know what? You this is good, Sarah, because obviously you know this just proves you're 100 percent local. Because a couple of comments are go to Timpsons. Yeah. Yeah. See, see, there we go. This one is from a lady called Pauline, and um, she basically she's obviously done her. She did her post, and then this was on the sixth of March, and then forgot about it um, because um, because most of the uh, the comments are just people laughing um, and saying, "I think you made a typo. You should change it," but she hasn't changed it. She says. This is at verbatim. She says, does anyone know of a fish and chip shit uh, that's delivering on Mothering Sunday at lunchtime? My mum-in-law would love this. Did it come in a, in a Tupperware box? <laughs> I mean, I'm guessing, yeah. This is a good one. This is a feel-good one from Claire. My son took a tumble on his bike today at Silk Mills Junction, which we know is near, near school, isn't it? Um, and I just wanted to thank the people who stopped and helped him. He's absolutely, he's nearly absolutely fine. Just rather bruised and battered. Thank you. It's great to know there are plenty of people who will stop and help. Oh, that's really nice. That's, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah, that's good. I feel like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's a, the feel good one. Kind of, uh, positive, positive vibes. Um, here's, here's, <laughs> Here's another one. Here's some from another sort of swipe at the the county council. This is from Anne. Having not received a reply from Somerset West and Taunton Council, dot, 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 
Can anyone tell me the reason for planting for the planting of a number of fruit trees in Vibery Park? <laughs> she is anti fruit trees. Why would she be anti fruit trees? I just what don't. kind of fr- what kind of fruit trees are these? I mean, I can't. I'm not at liberty to to, to give you that kind of information. But is it I, is it the Japanese not fruit tree? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the delicious fruit from the knotweed. I don't know, but she Anne, Anne Lorette is not a happy lady about it. Um, here's an interesting case um, from someone who's kind of got the, I suppose, the reverse psychology of what we were talking about in previous episodes. So I, I thought it'd be interesting for us to, 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 to hear it from James Crockett. He's asking a question. Um, can you help, please? I've been stuck abroad for the last 14 months and have just bought a house in Taunton. Um, I need to isolate for 10 days when I'm back. What takeaways restaurants do you recommend I use for my time stuck indoors? I really fancy a good fish and chips the first night. (laughs) (laughs) So so here's a man who who needs a fish and chip shit, but also he's also a man who... Who is drawn to Taunton? He's been abroad somewhere, but he wants to move to Taunton. Lazy Rick Fish and Chips is my recommendation, which does the rounds of all the villages around Taunton and comes to Hatch Beach on I think it's Wednesday evenings, and is um, I have to say is one of the best fish and chips I've ever had. And it's like one of those crazy things, like it's this gourmet fish and chip place, and it's really amazing. It's just really incredible. Brilliant. Well, that's there you go. Big shout out. Last Taunton of Matters is, someone, is, is from someone called Mandy, Mandy Hobbs. And she asks, is there anywhere in Taunton that does takeaway Mexican? Thanks. And there's just this really funny reply from, from a guy called James Fletcher. He says, the only place I go around here for my Mexican is at Jacko Bell. <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if, if you can see past the one-star rating... It'd really help Jack Thompson Thompson's business out. Yes, the chicken has gone off. Yes, the nachos are stale. Yes, I normally wouldn't go anywhere near it. And yes, I think he'll face copyright charges at some point. But he's really trying his hardest, and that's all that counts. (laughs) (laughs) Not botches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can have yeah, you can have some nachos and food poisoning. (laughs) Nachos with E. coli. Jack and E. coli. Jacko Bell. Thank you, Josh. That was that was enlightening as always. So, obviously, Pella's not online anymore, but we can perhaps send her some of these um, recommendations. Oh, I'm, I'm texting her. So, you know. t- tell her to go to Jacko Bell. Jacko Bell, she'd be on it. Yeah, and and then take some penicillin afterwards. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Very good. So a little while ago, we 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 sort of toyed the idea of having a, a section called the airing of grievances. So the logic of this was that, you know, that we, we, we do keep certain things bottled up over the years and, you know, sh- sharing is caring and so on. So, so yeah, so, so Johnny, we, 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 you were going to do one last time around, but we, we ran out of time. It took me a while to sort of think of it because I feel that, like, I sort of, like, thought that I didn't really have any grievances, but then I, I kind of went back over it and, and thought of this one. And ever since I've thought of it, actually, it's kind of been eating me up a bit more and more, actually. So, so I feel like this isn't really sort of putting it to bed. It's, it's actually reignited it, but maybe this, this will be therapeutic in some, some form. But 
Yeah. So well, basically, it was when it was when um, you, you guys know that after I after we left school, I went and did a year in industry. I worked for a firm called uh, Nuclear Electric, which runs all the all the nuclear power stations in the country. It was like it was quite a good gig, and I was trying to do a good job and shine a little bit. I was in the plant management team, and I reported to to a couple of guys, and then there was like a big boss of the team. And the good thing was there was a there was a bunch of other guys and girls on the also doing the union industry working for the same for the same uh, company so there was a bit of sort of camaraderie and, and some of us lived together and it was all it was all quite convivial and there was you you Matt I was thinking about you actually maybe this was what prompted me to remind it there's quite a lot of there was quite a lot of pranking going on and sort of day-to-day <laughs> jokes and things <laughs> and uh but it's all fairly low level stuff it was like you know hiding keys or uh, you know, I took I took all the food labels off my housemates' tins and stuff, and it was all fairly sort of silly stuff. But but it was gradually it was gra- gradually ramping up, and, and but it, but it was all sort of in the context of, of of work as well. So we sort of knew each other's work kind of patterns and where 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 in the in the sort of business each other worked, but we didn't, you know, we weren't sort of known faces to everyone. So, and I I remember in, in my area we had kind of two area two sort of bits. And one of the guys, the guy I reported to, he was a guy called John John Dawson, and he was quite a serious, serious guy. And he was quite a, he was an aficionado of of ale, of real ale. He was a he was a sort of fully paid up member of Camera, and he um, he sort of had, um, I think he was affiliated to one of the local breweries. There was like a re- legendary rumor going around the office um, that he he was fairly sort of senior. And that he he hated he hated lager, and part of his thing with with the camera you know, association was that yeah he just he didn't like lager, and um, you know this was well before any sort of boutique sort of craft lagers and craft ales were in, in crossover. This was just it was just lager or ale. So the pranking continued for a few weeks. There was a little, little bit so I tricked up my housemate's car, and it was particularly. You know, me and me and my me and one housemate Tim, and and he it was quite a good good prank. I sort of doctored his number plate and stuff, and uh, and he got into a bit of trouble at the security gate. And uh, <laughs> anyway, one one weekend he went he went home, and uh, so we just had a normal weekend. And then on Monday, well, he said he went home anyway. But then on Monday, I went into work a bit a bit late, and as I as I went into work. Um, everyone was I sort of noticed that everyone was sort of staring at me a little bit um <laughs> and there was sort of you know sort of lots of smiles and, and things as I approached my desk it's an open plan office and yeah when I got to my desk basically my housemate who had gone home for the weekend had spent the entire weekend uh modifying my workstation so that it was like <laughs> a lager kiosk the whole, thing, the whole thing was just like a like an enormous advert for lager so he'd like he'd like got all these carling but label adverts and put them on my desks he'd hung all these cans of of lager from the ceiling and 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 then there was all this all this wrapping and there was all these sort of arrows pointed inwards to my desk saying i love lager um, and then and he'd also, and this was like in the in the late '90s, so this was quite impressive. But he'd somehow managed to get into my computer um, with the help of the IT guy, and he'd su- basically super glued a speaker into my into the out, output jack of my computer, so that it always registered every time I got an email, and it was like 
I don't know if you remember this from the night, it was cool, sharp, harp. Have a cool, <laughs> sharp, harp. Every time I got an email, it would say cool, sharp, harp. Cool, sharp, harp. <laughs> so it was quite... <laughs> anyway, anyway, and my desk, by the way, was right next to the boss, John Dawson. So, yeah, anyway, I was kind of like, looked a bit embarrassed. And straight away, I was like, oh, shit. Anyway, <laughs> the John Dawson was not at all amused by it. I mean, it was quite a good prank. Um, but he, uh, he didn't, he didn't say anything to me the whole, the whole of the rest of the day. And I was trying to take, take a few bits down over the course of the day, but ev- everyone kept on sending me emails. So every time there was an email, it was like, have a cool, sharp harp. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So my grievance, and then that, that happened, that happened fairly early on in my, in my year in industry. And, and it really affected my relationship with him. Really, he, he never really, he never really sort of like, I don't know for some reason he never really respected me after that. I don't know. No, and I didn't even. The thing is, I didn't even like lager that much. You know, <laughs> I drank a bit of lager in the course <laughs> of my drinking portfolio, but it wasn't a big thing. So, so I guess my grievance, my grievance is, is with him for being so sort of dedicated to ale and so short-sighted that he couldn't see the funny side of what was quite a good prank and and then and sort of gave me the cold shoulder for the rest of rest of my year in industry and and denied me a future in the nuclear energy industry <laughs> oh God, that's, that's, that's pretty that's pretty yeah, yeah. that's pretty mealy mouth that is because it was, you, yeah. it was clearly not you that did that, that, that decorated your desk either that's the thing that's so so wrong about it you know because you, you you were an innocent party in all of this yeah it's weird when people get offended by by practical jo- I, i've never really understood what, what like how you get in trouble if someone does a practical joke on you just remember that 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 time when you, you worked uh well for me as it was at the time yes um yeah <laughs> okay, i definitely so, do that, that was that was probably the most exhausting period of work that i've ever ever had to endure but there's one particular prank that that that, that yeah, that, that made me pretty nearly shit myself actually was um, where. So, Matt, just, just for, for your perspective, my, our, our jobs at the time were, were headhunting basically, which essentially means you, you call people up, you know, you have conversations with them about their jobs and you try and get them to move, move companies. So, it was always quite hard to get hold of people. So, when you got hold of somebody, you had to really switch it on. You had to be very professional and you had to be very convincing in your arguments and so on. So anyway, I've been working on this job for, for quite some time um, and it's been proving quite difficult. And I finally got hold of this, this target candidate that I've been trying to speak to for ages. So I switched into, into work mode um, and I was, I was trying, to, um, you know, trying to convince them to, to move jobs and so on. And whilst I was doing this, uh, Josh uh, managed to get a roll of uh, tape and tape the phone to my head whilst I was talking. So I, I, I was trying to desperately, desperately to fight Josh off whilst holding, uh, you know, holding my own with this particular conversation. And you must have gone round about fifteen times with the sellotape because the phone—it was one of those big old phones. It was completely sellotape to my head. My head was was basically mummified in sellotape. <laughs> so th- this is all. You know, so, then, so I terminated the call, and, and obviously this. By this point, I was a little bit pissed off, but also finding the whole thing quite funny. Josh was obviously laughing his head off, but then I could hear the boss coming down the stairs. I could hear the footsteps approaching. I was desperately trying to get this headset off my head, which took which took you know what sideburns I had and my eyebrows with it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, thanks, Josh." <laughs> that could have very easily gone bad. So, yeah. Can I just can I just uh, describe your retribution though? Was 
was oh, I mean, there were so many pranks. It was exhausting. It was literally I can't remember anything but being the victim or, or the perpetrator of a prank that whole time. But there was, I think it was in response to what I did to you on the phone. I Matt, Matt sent me upstairs to go and get some files from some other room. So I, off I went to go and get these files, and then essentially I came back with this whole pile of files and. I sat heavily down onto the uh, office chair. You know, it was one of those sort of, you know, swivel off normal office chairs with the fabric cover. And Matt had painstakingly, and the, the, some of the material was a bit frayed, and Matt had painstakingly just lined the edge of my chair all along the front with drawing pins sticking oh, up. So, so I sat down heavily, but this, this is not it, right? I sat down heavily on, the, on that. And obviously, as soon as I sat down, I got like punctured in like sort of like twelve different places on my legs. And then, as a as a, obviously in his immediate reaction, I leapt up, like jumped. I sort of you know just jumped straight out of the chair. And Matt had also lined the underside of my desk with all these drawing pins. <laughs> Basically, I sat down on the drawing pins, jumped up, and then got all the rest of the drawing pins on the top of my legs. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> It was brilliant. <laughs> that was so funny. Oh my god, that was funny. That was a brilliant prank. Oh my god. That was absolutely exhausting the whole, the whole time, wasn't it? Well, this is the time of the show we call Matt Sweats. Wow. I love my intro so much. Um, I guess, look, I mean, it's quite topical this week. Um, You know, uh, my subject is obvious. It's people asking my opinion of the royal family. Oh, no. I was hoping we'd avoid this all. It's something that is an almost daily occurrence, someone volunteering their opinion about the royal family. And it's like, it's, it's this weird thing because it's something that people ask, that people will ask your opinion. Like, what do you, so what do you think about, you know, the Royal family? What do you think about Harry and Meghan? What do you think about the queen? And my answer is always the same. It's always, I just don't care. Right. I just don't care. And whenever you respond with that, people get this kind of like vaguely uncertain, slightly disappointed look, like they've offended you and they don't know how. But the truth is, I just really don't care, right? And you just realize when, you know, when you leave England, like the royal family is just the subject of endless interest for the rest of the world, right? It just, it's this, everyone wants to know about it. This isn't really as much of a rant as it is just asking what you guys think about it. Because obviously a lot of people have asked me, what do you think about Meghan Markle? What do you think about what happened? Um, A lot of people have just told me what they think. It's really interesting because, People that I thought would think that uh, would people that I thought would support the royal family have actually supported them, and vice versa. People who I thought would like Harry and Meghan have actually not liked them. So it's kind of interesting. So I just I actually just thought this week I'd just open it out to see what you guys thought. I think the thing that's really interesting about it, or that seems to be interesting about it in 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 the public media, is just how divisive it is. I mean, it's so polarizing. You're, you know, it, it, there doesn't seem to be any kind of middle middle ground. 
You're either a staunch royalist who hates uh, people who who suffer from, who has no no time for people who have m- mental health issues, or you're an anti-monarchist. There just seems no no middle ground at all in in, in what I see. It's really interesting because. You know, I haven't watched the whole interview. I've just seen the excerpts from it. And like I said, I saw um, what I thought was really interesting was seeing Piers Morgan's argument with his co-host. And then, he, you know, he storms off the show. Um, I, you know, it's um, it really seems like a clash between uh, generations. I mean, I, I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I feel like obviously the very clear, you know, the clear thing is that, you know, there's some deep divisions in, in that family, right? But I do also think that um, the whole, the sort of act, I mean, okay, there are divisions within the family and, and, the, and there, there are suggestions of some research, you know, some serious stuff like the, you know, the, the racism allegation and stuff like that, um, which obviously is, is really, really bad news. But then I just find it um, that the, the, the actual, it's a no win situation for any party. I don't think that's, that's what sort of, I don't really understand because, you know, they don't, what do they, what do Harry and Meghan gain from doing it? And also it, it, it's, it's just hugely damaging and it, it's a ne- it perpetuates negativity on everyone because the, the, the irony is obviously, what, the, the thing I really don't understand is the very thing that Harry has railed against for so long is the way that media sort of hounded his mother, which is totally true, and how that affected obviously him and, and his family and obviously led in large part to her death, we could say. Um, and yet he has willingly just opened the door to it uh, um, in his own life. And that with, with something like this, I think it's, 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 I just don't, I don't understand the logic there because there will be people who support them and there'll be people who believe them and support them a hundred percent. But there will also, he's also opened the door to people who, as Johnny was saying, who would naturally take you know, the monarchy side and, and, and say, this is an outrage. I mean, my main rant would be, oh, my God, I now have to put up on this sort of selfish level. And maybe everyone else feels it. But now we have to fucking put up with this shit for another two weeks on the, on the news. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be yeah. on every headline yeah, but- for, for so long. And I just I just find it I just find it kind of like I just don't understand. I just don't understand why you do it on such a public platform. Well, Josh, Josh, though, don't, don't you think don't you think, though, that like what I mean, just to just to just to kind of respond to what you're saying um which a lot of which i think is totally valid right what's really interesting is if you just take this thing at absolute face value right this is a guy whose mother was uh uh basically hounded to her death in a in a motorway tunnel by journalists on bikes right that's as close to murder as i could as i could imagine right and who is wherever he goes is hounded by these people. And I think that he's within his rights to use the media to respond in kind, you know? And secondly, I I think that what's what the one thing that I I've learned personally, and I've learned it from several people who may or may not even hear this. uh, And I've learned it over the course of the last two decades is that, you know, we live in a, in a racially divided world. Right. And, one of the things that characterizes white people is that they deny racism exists. Yeah. So, so I think my take on this is that, um, you know, whether it's the press deciding the agenda or whether it's the, the press reflecting the public, 
I think there's a bit of both going on probably. Um, if we just park the personalities involved, um, what it is is it, 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 it's it's a, a tug of war between what people regard as traditional British values and the modern world. So the reason why Diana was hounded the way she was was because she broke with the, the, the so-called rule book and, you know, came out of the, the royal family as the Prince of Hearts and all that stuff and ended up having an affair with an Asian guy, basically. Uh, and, and it was the fact that she, she was no longer reflecting this sort of idealised, sort of, you know, rose-tinted view of Britishhood that caused the the, the, the the Ferrari. And this is exactly what's happening here. So the people that are saying... I don't like Meghan Markle. They're not saying they don't like Meghan Markle as a person. What they're saying is that Britain and the and and, and the royal family is the sort of, if you like, the the very personification of, of British identity. Is it doesn't look how I want it to look. It should look like it has done for that for hundreds of hundreds and hundreds of years. You know, so that's my take on it. It's like you know, Meghan is American, therefore vulgar, therefore not part of the establishment. You know, she's mixed race, which again is, you know, against the, the kind of conventions of the, the you know, the, the, the royal family and so on. And people are, pe- people who are, you know, fixated on this idea of, you know, 1950s Britain don't like that in the same way that they don't like the European Union, in the same way that they don't like, you know, so- socialist governments and so on. And unfortunately, Matt, that's what we call racism. Right. Yeah. I know. I, I totally. I, I, I do. I, I totally agree with that. I mean, it's obviously the thing is the whole the whole interview wasn't that that comment was the take was was obviously one of the huge revelations, right? But we we should also say that that wasn't the purpose of them sure. doing the interview, right? Yeah, completely. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I mean, the the, the, the obviously not like they're gonna you know they're gonna be short of money. It's not like they can they need to to go on Oprah to to raise their profile to survive. You know, they're, they're both independently hugely wealthy people. Well, this is also the this is also the quite funny factor as well because I mean we're everyone's sort of going you know in the, the sympathy factor, but at the same time you know it's it's quite funny they're both you know they're, they're kind of they're doing they're doing okay you know in, in that sense and I feel like we're we're having this we're having this huge fascination about two you know two sides of the same coin basically yeah, yeah. two sides of the same fifty pound coin. one of the things that really struck me just watching is just the stark difference between on the one hand you've got total modernity right you've got a multiracial couple um who uh you know um are financially independent and then on the other side you've got this kind of uh super conservative inward looking establishment and it's like you said matt about 1950s britain i mean you the, the 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 one of the things that you always realize when you come over to Europe is how Europeans don't want to talk about race and they don't like to admit that racism is an issue, right? And yet, when you see that, you know, people have people are in huge denial about it over there, and yet when you see it on TV in front of you, it's laid bare and it's undeniable. Hmm. I I think a lot. I think a lot of the. The contrast in the two in in the two protagonists or groups of protagonists and the and the loyalty is very much centered on the queen herself so you know if you if you compare the royal family as an entity uh, and all the, uh, their anachronisms and the fact that they're completely outdated they've got a track record of all kinds of scandal and and 
you know ridiculous privilege and and class discrepancies then if you take the queen out of it then it it almost ceases to sort of be you know a discussion a discussion point i really agree with that you know yeah. the reason i thought about this was because uh, earlier this week i was sitting in a diner in las vegas airport right which is completely desolately empty except for the sound of the slot machines constantly playing their jingles right um and so i'm sitting there and this like kind of feeding the slot machine. i'm sitting there i was are you wearing your cowboy sitting there i, I, I was say, i'm gonna say i'm gonna say yes did you, you have your shotgun and i'm sitting there and this waitress <laughs> comes over to me and she must have did she have a hooter's top she on? must have been <laughs> she must have been 70 right no and <laughs> and she comes she comes over to me and she goes uh what do you think about megan markle right oh, God. and i'm like i'm just thinking like how can i i've been asked this question so much over the, since i've moved here right what do you think about the queen what do you think about the royal family what do you think and my answer is always nothing i don't care right and she came she comes over and asks me and and then before i answer she whispers to me i hate her right and i knew that what she was really saying to me was i hate her because she's black You've got the class interplaying with it as well in here over here, haven't you? So people are saying that you know essentially you're, you've got no right to be part of our royal family. Yeah, totally. That's what they're saying. You're American and you're black, and you're black. Yeah. So those two things, you're like you know, excluding you from life from from you know the the firm, as it were. Um, so yeah, but, well, but again, I think that's less. I mean, look, look. Bottom line is. The chances of me, you know, sitting down for a for a cup of cocoa with Prince Charles and saying, you know, what do you think about Meghan Markle? Are pretty remote, so it's all speculation. It's all speculation. Certainly, yeah, but certainly my view of people who I know are staunch royalists, they hide behind the tradition and the history and all of that as a way of saying your kind shouldn't be in there. I think it's human nature to want a quick answer to complex, the complex problems. problems. I mean, history mm. teaches us that you have a quick answer to solve a complex problem and you get elected. But the answer, yeah, also, exactly. you blame immigrants, yeah, blame immigrants. You, you offer us yeah. a magic solution like, like Brexit was mm. like was presented. You know, you, you start a culture war. It's all you start a religion. You start a religion. Religion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You start a podcast. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but history also teaches yeah. us that that solution never works, and that the only solution to yeah. to to the problems of modernity is to tackle modernity head on and not run away from it. I I promise I'd give a shout out to a guy that's approached us to to, to collaborate. Um, he uh, he picks up the podcast f- through through Taunts and Matters, ironically. So yeah, M- Mark at Duppy Media. Duppy Media is a, a little web design business in in in, in Taunton. Um, does some really fantastic work, actually. Uh, look at their website. They this guy really does know how to to bring people's businesses to life. So Mark, thanks so much for the uh, for the reach out, and um, you know we'll do what we can to to help you grow your little business. Well, that takes us to the end of the show. This week's shout-out is Stateside. Matt's personal hairstylist has a tough gig. Over to you, Matt. Ever since I used to go to the Bosun's Chair at Nine Crown Walk in Taunton, where I believe they still are today, self-care has been very important to me. 
That's why I wanted to give a shout out on this podcast to my current hair salon, Rob Fuentes Hair at 444 La Cienega Boulevard in West Hollywood. Rob is a total artist and he's just opened his own shop. So if you're in Los Angeles County and you need a haircut, I cannot recommend him enough. This episode was brought to you in partnership with Duffy Media. Duffy is a Taunton-based web design business. Mark has a growing and impressive portfolio of work and will give you a personalised and dedicated service and websites to fit all budgets. Mark's details are in the show link on CastBox, so why not check him out? This was straight from the hot tap.